On today's episode of Trouble with the Snap, we will be breaking down all the excitement of week one, what's to come, our our picks, our predictions, the notable games, etc., before finally moving into an all-new segment, but I'll keep that as a surprise for now. So without further ado, let's roll the intro. Nick Saban, and in 2003, the Tigers captured the BCS. Michigan State's Dalen Watts takes in and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable! Alright everybody, welcome back to Trouble with the Snap. I'm Will, as always, with my colleague, as he likes to call me at least, the five-star scholar from the University of Texas down in Austin, Mr. Colton Deutsch. Colton, how are we doing today, boss? I'm doing pretty well. Did not have an 8 a.m. this morning. That's for tomorrow. So we got to sleep in a little bit more. And yeah, I'm just ready to talk some football. For sure. For sure. Uh, you had a good day, though. No worries. Nothing too big. Nothing too major going on. Wasn't too bad. Two classes, hour and a half each, which is always pretty tough. And it's brutally hot outside, but not it wasn't too bad. How about yourself? How are classes? It was good. Um, For those of you that don't know, I'm in a paintball class this semester for a science credit, um, which is honestly like the best class ever. And so, yeah, it is. Um, But anyways, today we got to fire the paintball guns for the first time. So that was a a bit of an experience because I haven't done that in probably at least 10 years. But other than that, um, after that, had a math class, just chill, just did some notes, et cetera. And then, you know, came home, had some had a late lunch. Uh, early dinner or whatnot, watch the Astros, and, well, here we are. Let's talk some ball. Yeah, see, for people who don't know, sometimes we'll be, we'll be trying to coordinate times to record, and Will says he has homework, but it's good to know he's just actually playing paintball. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm – that's all I'm doing. Um, also, you never know. I wasn't too good at paintball, so my shot wasn't that good. Well, oddly enough, you know, the playing paintball, as you would expect, of course, is probably only – well, it's not probably. Playing paintball is only half – of the class the other half is actually spent on thursdays in a lecture hall which kind of sucks because it's still a three-hour credit um so we actually have to do some work thrown in there but other than that um it's pretty fun what is the work about paintball no it's just it's it's a kinesiology class so um it's literally just about like the human body and just kinesiology stuff that i've never seen before but i don't really care because i need the science credit and i couldn't think of a better way to get that knocked out of the way yeah, it could definitely be much worse in biology or chemistry, so I give it a good call. For sure. All right, I feel like that's enough talk about us and what's going on today. Um, Colton, you know, week one is finally here, coming up this weekend. Um, starting in, you know, 48 hours from this recording, Thursday night we got quite a few games. Um, most notably on Thursday we got the rematch of Florida and Utah. Um, you know, then we have a few games on Friday before ultimately diving fully headfirst back into the college football season on Saturday. So, uh Feels great to be back. Uh, what excites you the most about week one this week? I mean, literally everything excites me, but <laughs> obviously we can't talk for for 24 hours. So I think we should start with yeah, the game you mentioned in 24 hour and sorry, 48 hours. We have Florida and Utah, Rice Cycle Stadium in Salt Lake, and a rematch of like you mentioned, an awesome game last year with Anthony Richardson had that crazy pump fake where he spun around and Really, really good game for Florida. Didn't really get too much better after that. They finished six and seven, whereas Utah went on to win the Pac-12. But yeah, they get the rematch this time in Utah. Utah rarely loses at home, but the big question mark here is whether or not Cam Rising is going to play their star quarterback, sixth-year guy. He hurt his knee in the Rose Bowl, and he's seems like he's playing it pretty coy. He's keeping it quiet. Uh, even if he does play, I don't think he'll be 100% behind him as Bryson Barnes, who doesn't have as much experience as you would like, but he's been in the offense for a long time. He started at least one game last year when Rising was, was out, and he filled in in the Rose Bowl two years in a row. So 
You could expect Utah to lean on the run game a little bit more with Jaquin and Jackson. They have to replace Dalton Kincaid at tight end, but I don't know. I'm I'm liking Utah in this game with or without Cam Rising. I think you'd rather have him, obviously, but Florida, they have Graham Mertz, comes in from Wisconsin, who was amazing his first game against Illinois, never really reached that mark again. They have some good backs in Trevor Etienne, Montreal Johnson, and some exciting guys on defense, but I just think for Billy Napier, they are not there yet, and I'm going to take Utah in a close one. I can definitely see that for sure. Um, I mean, obviously the game last year did come down to the wire um, with the healthy Cam Rising to start out last year, but um, obviously uh, the game, as you said, is in Salt Lake, so that clearly will play a huge factor for the Utes. Um, and, you know, with or without Cam Rising, I also agree with you. I, I do think Utah will pull this off. Um, you know, Billy Napier's Gators last year definitely – last year was certainly a, a roller coaster season, it felt like. You know, at some points, I feel like they're at the top of the world. and other points, I feel like they couldn't get any lower. Um, so I am going to rock with my gut here and also choose Utah in that game. Um yeah, like like what you said and what I just said a second ago, with or without Cam Rising. Of course, I would love to see Cam Rising play, and if he actually does play, then I don't think the game will be nowhere near as close. I think Utah will truly run away with it. Um, but yeah, no, I got the Utes in a shootout. Yeah, I mean, even if even if Rising goes, he's going to be somewhat limited on the ground. And for sure, for sure. A huge part of his game. So yeah, I think we're on the same page there. I hope he will be healthy by fully healthy by conference play. And they also play Baylor in week two. So they have kind of a challenging non-con. So hopefully they'll get rising back to hundred percent, but yeah, same page here with or without him taking the use. For sure. Um, obviously that's the most notable game I'd say on Thursday. Um, now let's jump to the next day. Let's jump to Friday. You got Stanford and their big game coming up. Colton, you want to dive into Stanford's game against Hawaii? Yeah. Stanford, new coaching staff. Honestly, I don't have much to say about this game. I think Stanford was going to be really bad. I loved what I saw from Hawaii last week. Their quarterback played really, really well, and aside from his last interception. So, look, I'm I'm going to go upset here. I'm going to take Hawaii to get that W, and Palo Alto going to be a big win for Timmy Chang and his crew in year two. Okay, I like that. Um before we started recording just a moment ago, I did actually see the line provided by ESPN. At least I couldn't tell you who they get their lines from. Um, but I think even with the game in Palo Alto, Stanford was only like a three and a half point favorite. Um, right about that. So that obviously is probably a little bit closer than what Stanford fans would probably want to see starting out the game or starting out the season week one against Hawaii. Um, I don't think I will take the upset pick here, although I did like what Hawaii did this past week with Vandy. You know, they kept it close throughout the entire game, and I think the final score was like 35-28, I think. So clearly Hawaii was able to hang hang around um, with one of the big boy football brainiac schools in Vanderbilt last week, so it'll be interesting to see if they can actually pull it off this week. Um, I just don't think that they do. I still think Stanford will be too much. However, I welcome and support all week one upsets i mean i don't know man Braden shaker was that guy last week he was the warriors i'm taking him i'm taking him okay I, I like that pick i like that a lot um all right aside from friday like what we just discussed about obviously you jump 24 more hours ahead boom we're we're right back into week one colton what are some of our, what are some of your um biggest games you are looking forward to going into week one uh, real quick for Thursday, I want to hit on Minnesota Nebraska real quick. The oh yes, my, my apologies, I forgot about all that. Good, the first game of the Matt Rule era. They bring in Jeff Sims, a quarterback transfer from Georgia Tech, who's a pretty talented guy. He can move around. Obviously, Georgia Tech did not give him much help outside of Jameer Gibbs before he transferred. But with Nebraska, you play Minnesota conference game week one, and then they also play Colorado, I believe week two or three. So. Tough start out of the gate. Minnesota replaces Tanner Morgan. I'm going to go with the Huskers. Sorry, I'm going to go with the Gophers here, but I'm interested to see how Nebraska plays. This game's on the road. I don't expect much from Nebraska this game or this season, really, but 
it would be pretty encouraging if they could start out the Matt Rule era 1-0. But, yeah, just a game I am excited to see what happens there, but I'll roll with the Gophers. Okay. I will actually – I hate to contradict you like this, but I will actually choose the Huskers in this game. Um, I was a, I was a big I was a big fan of Matt Rule before his whole little NFL experiment for the past year or two, however long it was. Um, I was a big fan of him before, and you know I don't see that stopping anytime soon. And I just personally think a good Nebraska team is it's just good for the game of college football. It's just fun. We haven't had one of those in what feels like the, you know at least a decade. Um, so I'm really hoping that Matt Rule is the guy who can bring them back to prominence because obviously Scott Frost was just there pretty much sucking a paycheck and kicking onside onside kicks whenever he shouldn't have. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm I heard taking he liked the bars a lot there too. What do you say? I heard he was at the bars in Lincoln a lot as well. Oh, for sure, for sure. Oh, um, I realize that we are covering games right now, but I feel like we should probably address the elephant in the room here in regards to Nebraska's program. Um, I believe it was last night. Um, their f- former five-star tight end, uh, Eric Gilbert, was arrested on burglary charges. I believe he uh, – I don't want to get into too many specifics, but I believe he stole over $1,600 of something and broke into a liquor store or something. I think it was vapes, yeah. It was like 1600 bucks in vapes from a liquor store or a gas station or something. You see the video is bad. Yeah. No, the video is really bad. Um I guess if I just had one thing to say about that, I it really sucks because I remember when he was, you know, he's the number one tight end in the country in 2020. I think he was a top five, if not definitely a top 10 player in 247's rankings in 2020. Um, just to see all that just wasted talent and potential, just just like that, it always sucks. Um, so, yeah, I, I, hope, uh, I hope that doesn't affect Nebraska too much in Matt Rule, but um, – at the same time, you know, you got to keep going forward with the season and just ball out with or without him. So that's what Yeah, I mean. he was a huge deal in high school, and he's gotten a lot of chances. So it definitely sucks for Nebraska. I understand if you're in a rebuilding stage like that, you're, it could be worth it to take a chance on a talent like that. But, yeah, definitely he, he'll definitely be off the team. And if you're trying to build a culture in year one, you know, you don't want – you don't want those kind of issues. No, not at all. Program. So, yeah, definitely unfortunate. But I hope you're right about Nebraska winning. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, big game like that, start out 1-0. There's nothing better than starting out 1-0 with a new coach like that. All right, moving on. Now we are officially, we have officially arrived on the Saturday slate of games. Colton, what jumps off the page do you hear for the games on Saturday? You got to talk Coach Prime going up against – the defending national runner-up, TCU Horn Frogs. This one is in Fort Worth. This game is funny because last year, and I don't know how many people remember this, but Max Duggan actually didn't win the starting job. He actually lost it to Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris gets knocked out against Boulder. Max Duggan comes in. The rest is history. So Chandler Morris is going to be the guy this year for TCU. We've touched on them. They're going to lose some guys. I still expect them to have a pretty good team, but not nearly as good as last year. With Boulder, I... I think they're going to get demolished. I know we talked about, I think the line is TCU minus 20. I think they're going to win by more. And that's not an indictment on Coach Prime in that program. I just think they lost, like Will had mentioned in our preview episodes, Colorado has turned over at least half their roster. Yes, Dion brought in some good recruits, but any year one is tough. And especially when you're going to lose all of the players and have to basically flip your entire roster. So, Yep, I think that TCU is going to demolish Boulder, but that game has been getting hyped up a lot, so we'll see. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll certainly be a lot of fun, of course, to see Coach Prime and his first Power Five football game as a head coach. But um, as we were saying, um, you know, considering the enti- the complete turnover that the Colorado roster had this past season uh, or this past offseason, excuse me. Um, you know, obviously prime brought in good guys like Travis Hunter and he brought in his son, Shader Sanders. Um, that team has the potential to be very salty. Of course, the athletes are there. That's no question. But at the same time, it's also being able to finally see if, uh, coach prime's tactics that worked for him at Jackson state will actually work for him in big boy power five football. That's not a knock on Jackson state at all. But I mean, when you go up against, you know, 
Pac-12 teams or Big 12 teams like that, they're going to be a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster than the smaller smaller schools like that. Anyways, um, TC is worth the, the price of admission, though. Keeps. Yes, for sure. Um, anyways, TCU, you know, you're right. Max Duggan's gone. This is kind of a side note, but did you actually see that Max Duggan the other day just got released by the by the Chargers? I didn't see that. That's unfortunate. For yeah, him. he he already got released, so that sucks. That's um, he'll yeah, he'll be okay. But uh, anyways, yeah, you know, you said they they did lose Max Duggan, who I feel like was just their you know, he was truly the X factor for him that, that uh, this past season, and clearly they rode that all the way to the national championship and ended up as a as a runner up in that game. So uh, without him now, I certainly don't see TCU being on that same level as they were last year, no question. But at the same time, um, I still think they will be a pretty damn good team. They'll be really salty in the Big Twelve. Um, this one's a no-brainer, especially because it's in Fort Worth. TCU is just going to absolutely pound Colorado like a drum. Um, at least that's what I think now. I mean, I'm, I'm welcoming any and all upsets for week one, but I just don't think that'll happen in this game. Uh, so, yeah, just like you, I got TCU big in this one as well. I'm excited to see how Shadir Sanders plays. Mm-hmm. He was good, but like you said, going up against SWAT competition, we'll see how he does making this jump. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. All right, Colton, what uh, what other games are you looking forward to on Saturday? So I hate when college football plays games in neutral sites, but I can't deny I'm very excited about North Carolina, South Carolina, featuring Willis Heisman pick Drake May. Look, this game I think is going to be a lot of fun. I think it could be a volcano type of offensive explosion from both of these teams here. And – you know, something about me has really, for some reason, my gut has been telling me South Carolina, but I don't know, in these games where I think there's going to be a lot of points scored between South Carolina with Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells there and Drake May and his group of guys, I'm just going to go with, I'm going to go with the better quarterback. And I think that is pretty clearly Drake May, though I'm excited to see if Spencer Rattler can put it together fully because he looked good towards the end of last year, but yeah, I think a close game, a shootout, but I got to roll with a better quarterback, and that is going to be Drake May and the Tar Heels. You already know that Drake May is one of the best quarterbacks in all of America, Colton. Don't deny it. Awesome. <laughs> um, anyways, touching on that game, um, that is a really interesting game on paper when you look at it. Uh, you know, neutral site, of course. Um, the game technically is in North Carolina, Charlotte, so... I don't necessarily want to give UNC like a little edge there, like fan wise. Cause I mean, that's the whole point of neutral sites, but at the same time, you know, Georgia plays a ton of neutral site games in Atlanta. So I don't think the t- fan turnout would be anything like that. That's kind of random. I apologize. But um, anyways, um, yeah, I, uh, I definitely got a role with the better quarterback on paper and I can't, I can't ever go against my Heisman pick, you know, like I, I got to rock with them here. No question. But at the same time, Spencer Rattler, you know, that's that's a really interesting story. That'll be a really fun thing to watch this upcoming season to see if he can actually, you know, put all the pieces together and see if he can, you know, become a much better decision maker because Lord knows the talent and the tools are all there. It's just, you know, getting it together in between the years. Um, so if he can do that, that'll be a lot of fun. And actually, is Spencer Rattler the one that we all know who can show up? If he actually does – on Saturday, I would not be surprised at all if South Carolina pulls that one out late. However, I do think Drake May will just be a little bit too much for that um, South Carolina defense to handle. So I got them by at least I – would, I got UNC in that game by at least 10 points, I would say. So somewhat yeah. close, but not a blowout, you know? An interesting thing with this game as well is these teams towards the end of last year were kind of moving in opposite directions. Yes, UNC made the ACC championship game, but – I believe they were nine and one, and then ended up finishing the year. Was that nine and four or nine and five? They dropped a game to NC State. Clemson beat them up pretty good, and they, they lost their bowl game to Oregon. So, whereas South Carolina took care of Tennessee and Clemson had a close loss in their bowl game to Notre Dame. So, curious to see how both these teams fare. And North Carolina does not have their transfer receiver, Tez Williams, who was ruled ineligible. But I think we're still in agreement here looking like Drake May is going to be a little bit too much. For sure. Um, Speaking of the Carolinas like that, there is another Carolina matchup we have this weekend. That is Clemson and Duke. 
Um, that is actually probably the game I'm most excited for on Saturday, oddly enough. So, uh, Colton, what do you uh, what do you see in that game? Could be a bit of a sleeper game here. Mike Elko did a fantastic job in year one. Duke going nine and four, very very impressive. They return Riley Leonard at quarterback, who definition of a dual threat guy. Really, he's a very very good quarterback. Ran for about 700 yards and threw for around 3,000 as well with 20 touchdowns. So I don't know, but can't really go against Clemson here. They're breaking in really kind of the first full season of the Cade Clemson experience, and you bring in Garrett Riley at offensive coordinator. Will Shipley's still there. So while I might still have some questions about Clemson winning the ACC, I cannot pick them to lose to Duke, even though that would be a lot of fun. But this game is in Durham, so maybe the Cameron Crazy show up to a football game. We have a good one. Of course. Um, you know, I, I can't not choose my ACC projected champions uh, in this game. As much as I would love to choose Duke in this, and as much as I still love Mike Elko from his time at AM, and um, I still think Clemson's too much. You know, even though that they don't have, you know, T. Higgins and Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, you, you know, just that true tricycle that ran that offense um, back in the day, they don't have that anymore. But at the same time, um, you know, Cade Klubnik, like I'm, I'm expecting big things out of that dude this year. Obviously he showed some pretty good flashes of greatness towards the end of last season. Um, and of course, Colton and I saw him in his senior year of high school, ever play his last, last game, the Texas state championships. So the dude absolutely balled out. That was just kind of a side note. So, uh, Colton, that was a great time by the way, but, uh, um, that was, that was a Cade Klubnik Quinn Ewers battle there. That was, and we were, we were there in attendance that, that, uh, that forever makes us cool. But, um, anyways, but also side note, we sat next to Jackson Smith and Jigba. We did. And I had no idea who he was back then. So I, mm-hmm. I had, uh, yeah, that was a bit of an awkward moment, but looking back now, I, I should have at least like shook his hand or something. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, going back, I definitely like Clemson in this game. Although, you know, Mike Elko, when he was at AM, he was our DC here. And, you know, that dude was pretty dang crafty on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm expecting Duke, you know, I think that they can keep it fairly close because any, as I was saying, any team coached by Mike Elko, their defense is going to keep him in a lot of games. Feels like, and also as what you mentioned, Colton, their quarterback was pretty dang salty last year. Um, so as much as I would like to see the upset here as well, I still think Clemson will pull it off in the end. Um, yeah, I got the Tigers all day in that one. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a – I guess Duke is the type of team that could pull an upset if they're going to play some really good defense like you expect under Mike Elko. So who knows if they can control the clock, maybe get to the fourth quarter, maybe seven, ten-point game. They have a really good quarterback, get themselves a chance. But, yeah, I think – we're both going with the Tigers here. Yeah, for sure. Um, we still have quite a few games that are notable we got to cover. So, Colton, what um, what what else are you seeing on the page right now that's just jumping off to you? Yeah, definitely the rematch of another great Week 1 game last year with LSU and Florida State. This time, another neutral site, but instead of New Orleans, we are in Camping World in Orlando. Both teams we expect to have very good years. I had FSU winning the conference and LSU winning the West, although – I think the SEC West could be could be a lot of fun and a lot of chaos there. But, yeah, this game has been tough for me. I'm going to roll with Florida State to get it done again. Once again, it's a quarterback type of thing for me. I think Jaden Daniels is really good and really experienced. I just think Jordan Travis is better. I think that this game is pretty even. Two talented, experienced teams, but I'm going to roll with the Knowles and Jordan Travis, Jared Verse on defense there in a very close game. Okay. Um, I like that. But I am, once again, going to have to contradict contradict you here. I'm taking the, the LSU Tigers. Um, you know, they, they were so close to pulling it off last year, minus that whole, like, little block extra point thing. Um, obviously, that game last year came down to the wire, and I would argue is one of the, if not the most exciting game in all of college last year, minus, of course, the Tennessee-Alabama game. But anyways, um, you know, Jaden Daniels, Dude, dude's a damn good quarterback. Um, you know, I feel like he's a true dual threat. He can throw the ball like 70 yards down downfield, feels like, but also, you know, run like a 4-4-40 whatnot. Um, 
so I am pretty big on him this year. But ultimately and overall, I am certainly going to take Brian Kelly and his LSU Tigers in that game. As much as I would like to see Florida State win that game once again and see them, you know, really start the season off on the right foot and kind of get back on track and get return back to that dominant Florida State that you and I remember from the early to mid 2010s. Um, I just think LSU will handle business there in this game. Definitely think it would be a lot prettier of a game than last year. While a great game last year was extremely sloppy and really funny. But, yeah, I'm expecting with both these teams being more experienced. A close game, but a lot prettier. For sure. Um, All right, I'm looking at our page here, and I would – I feel like it would be kind of weird if we didn't talk about this one, especially considering the comments that came out in the press conference, I believe, like 24 hours ago. Who's going to be the real Miami this year, Colson? You got Miami, Ohio, or you got the U? I would love to say Miami of Ohio, but I'm looking at a bounce-back game from Tyler Van Dyke. And Mario Cristobal, I think they start off the year 1-0, even though that game's on the road, right? No, it's it's in um it's in Miami. Okay, wait, timeout. Of course, it's in Miami. It's in Florida, not Ohio. Okay, well, yeah, not that it matters. I'm taking, I'm taking the U before they get eviscerated in week two. But yeah, I'm rolling with Miami and Tyler Van Dyke. Okay. Um, did you see that Tyler Van Dyke? I think might actually be listed as questionable for week one because he like hit his hand on his helmet or something. Did you see that? I haven't. I should probably look into that then. Yeah. Either way, I think Miami's going to win. But yeah, no, for sure. Um, that's just know. like kind of a little bit of a, a side note. But um, with or without Tyler Van Dyke, I totally agree. I, I still think the U is the real Miami. I think they always have been and always will be. Um, especially with that game in Coral Gables, you know, they'll they'll play a. I, I think they'll play a really dominating style of football in front of you know all their twenty five fans at the Orange Bowl. But um. Yeah, no, the U's got that one licked, no question. Um, like that's what Chris Ball's saying. What'd you say? Oh, he's better? It sounds like he's going to at least try and go. Okay. All right, Colton, let's talk about uh, America's favorite college football field. That'd be Boise taking on um, the University of Washington. What do you see in that game? Yeah, we got to talk about the Smurf turf. I just think it's an interesting game, obviously, with – their coaching pass, even though he's not the coach anymore, they're at Washington or Boise. Chris Peterson used to coach both schools, and they're close by, so there's a bit of overlap. This game is in Husky Stadium, Seattle, which is beautiful, by the way. They have people watch that game from boats. But, yeah, I have UW in the conference championship game with Michael Penix and all those guys. So while I expect to see a return a little bit of the old Boise where they dominate the Mountain West, I'm going to roll with university of washington yeah same thing with me i i don't think there's there's little to no question at all about who's going to win this game you know um a lot of people on social media whatnot and i can't even i couldn't tell you necessarily where they are in the actual ap but i i have seen that a lot of people have washington as a top 10 team in the country and you know i think that'll be on full display coming out week one maybe not as sharp or as clean as it will be as we get later on into the season. But, you know, I just think Washington will just dominate Boise in every single ass, uh, facet of that game. Um, all right. Now, I know that I am an Aggie, of course, and you are a Longhorn, but I do need to, uh, you know, give uh, my boy Haynes King and Chase Land their flowers. So let's do you mind if we jump into that Georgia Tech uh, UL game? Let's do it. I think that game could be fun. Okay. Um, I hate to have some biasy in this game, but I, 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 I'm going to roll with Georgia Tech here. Um, I would love to see nothing more than Haynes King actually put it together a little bit. I mean, the dude has a ton of tools to work with. Um, you know, the thing with him is mainly his throwing motion. It looks a little off. So maybe this past offseason, if he was able to work with someone and clean it up a little bit more, because he, I believe, actually tied for first place this past, not this past spring, but the spring of 22 at A&M and like 40, like 40 yard dash times. Like, the, really yeah, the dude can move. He's an out just downright great athlete. Um, it's just about whether or not he can put it all together. So I'm I'm going to bet on him. I think that he will, at least in week one. Um, so I'm taking Georgia Tech. 
Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you there, but I'm excited to see Haynes King. I'm going to roll with Louisville, first-year head coach Jeff Brom, Jack Plummer. Like we mentioned, Louisville misses the top three teams in the ACC in our mind in Carolina, Clemson, and Florida State. That obviously doesn't really matter too much right now, but Jeff Brom's a good offensive coach. I expect them to score. Brent Key takes over at Georgia Tech after a good run as the interim coach there. I just think Georgia Tech's in a tough spot right now, and I'm going to roll with the Cardinals. That's fair enough. I respect that pick. Uh, if Looking back now, that honestly probably was just a bit of my bias or my bias I mean, coming out about that. But, you know, I, I still believe in the kid. All right. Look, I'll probably be wrong about all, almost all these games. I get predictions wrong. So I do too. So one of us has to be right on something like, here. For someone who, who I think knows as much about football as me, I'm so bad at making predictions. So, we'll so a note to self, I'll never go gambling with you at a sports book in Vegas. Yeah, never trust me. Well, we'll probably do that pretty soon. Okay, but. that's a good point. Um, all right, let's jump into the Battle of the Oranges. How about Virginia and Tennessee? Yeah, just excited to see Josh Heupel in his offense again. Like we've mentioned, people are very excited to see what Joe Milton can do, along with Brew McCoy, Squirrel White, and those guys. So we'll see. I don't think their offense is going to be as explosive as last year, but I think they handle UVA and Tony Elliott pretty well here. I think UVA still has a ways to go, so I'm going to roll with the Vols. But excited to see what that offense can do. For sure. I'm definitely taking the Vols in this game as well. Um you know, Joe. Pick so. Huh? They're your pick to win the East, so you they are. Win. I gotta go with the Vols. There's no question. Um, I got a thing for Orange this year, by the way. I just noticed that. Uh, you know, I I, cho- yeah, I chose Clemson, Texas, and Tennessee to at least be in the conference championship. So. Yeah, I, I got a I got a thing for Orange this year. I I didn't think about that till right now. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, I'm definitely taking Tennessee. No, no question. Joe Milton. I'm really pumped to see what that dude can do. I'm I'm I'm. Hoping at some point in the game that Tennessee's backed up on probably their own goal line or like one yard line, so I can just see Joe Milton launch a ball like a hundred yards down the field. Um, yeah, no, it, it'll be a lot of fun to watch that offense. You know, Brew McCoy, as you said, still there. Shout out to Texas legend. Um, oh, yeah. Game he bought out that one year. Of course, um, I definitely don't think Joe Milton will be as good as Hendon Hooker. Obviously, I mean they're completely different quarterbacks. Um, they have their own different play styles, so I don't think, as I agree with what you're saying, I don't think they will be as explosive as they were this past year. Um, but I definitely still think that you know they still have you know quite a few pieces whatnot from that offense, minus uh, you know Jalen Hyatt and Hendon Hooker, two, some well two of the biggest pieces whatnot. But anyways, I still got Tennessee in that game. I wouldn't necessarily say huge, but I would. I feel uh, confident in saying they'll handle business there pretty comfortably. Yeah, the band will be playing Rocky Top a lot that game. Yes, they will. All right, Colton. Um, let's just stick with the orange theme here. You want to talk about UTSA U of H for a moment? Yeah, let's do it. This we've got to shout out James Tossig, Tossbaum, and Marco Gutierrez, two of our studs from high school. And we're taking the over on Marco and no hitters, whatever that line is. And we're taking it on James, the over on James Tossick home runs and UTSA to the College World Series. But yes, UTSA, U of H here. I think UTSA is going to be one of the better teams in the group of five. And I think U of H, even with the addition of Donovan Smith, they are going to struggle a lot this year. And I'm going to roll with, the Roadrunner is Meep Meep, so give me UTSA here. I completely agree with you once again. Um, you know, UTSA has been on an absolute tear, an absolute roll these past few seasons. I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Um, yeah, I'm taking UTSA pretty comfortably over U of H here. I will say James Tossig embrace debate. Of course. Hashtag Tossbomb. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, you want to talk about Ohio State for a moment? It'd be kind of weird if we didn't at least discuss Ohio State. Yeah, let's jump into the Ohio State. They named their starting quarterback, Kyle McCord, was kind of expected here. We talked about that last night, about mm-hmm. them not naming a QB yet between him and Devin Brown, but Kyle McCord will be slinging the rock to Marvin Harrison Jr., and he's being he will be protected greatly by Donovan Jackson. Shout out Donovan. And... So, yeah, they go, they play Indiana 
in Bloomington, I believe. Yep, in Bloomington. And yeah, Indiana, I don't know if they'll get back to that 2020 peak with Tom Allen there. He's a very likable coach, so I would hope so. But yeah, there's no Michael Penix here to save the day for the Hoosiers. I expect Ohio State to destroy the Hoosiers. I don't know if I necessarily say destroy, but at the same time, it's also Ohio State. They still have Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, yeah, Ohio State's for sure taking taking care of business, no question, um, against Indiana right now. Um, kind of random. I know you just talked about Indiana in 2020. Wasn't it was 2020 when they it was like the second overtime or something like that, and their quarterback dove for the pylon and used like every inch yeah, of his body. Yeah, that was so fun. Um, One quick side note: I think it's weird that they. Op- I mean, I know that the Big Ten does this, but that they opened up in conference play. I think that that kind of sucks. I wouldn't like that if I was a fan of their team. But I I kind of like it though. But at the same time, um, God, I mean, anything can happen. Like the first month or so of the season. Yeah, so, sure. you know, if you if you drop like a close one there or a, a game you're expected to win in a conference like that, um, week one, week two, etc., that's going to be pretty hard to rebound from. Well, it's just I think it's demoralizing to lose an early game anyways, and if it's a conference game too, I don't know. But I don't expect Ohio State to have to worry about that this week. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh, stick with the Big Ten theme here. Uh, Colton, what do you see in the in the uh, WVU and Penn State game? Yeah, kind of a similar thing here. I am very high on Penn State. I have them going 11-1. and one. Drew Alar, I'm excited to see what he can do. Very talented guy, and how he gets his chance to – Takeover West Virginia, like I mentioned, I think they are going to be one if if not the worst teams in the Big Twelve this year. And unfortunately, I think that Neil Brown could be the first coach fired as well. So, yeah, I'm gonna roll with Penn State and Happy Valley. I don't think it's gonna be particularly close either. No, not at all. Um, you know, Penn State. I'm exp- just like you. I'm expecting big things from them. I wouldn't. Ne- I don't know if I'd necessarily say eleven and one. Um, I can definitely see that happening, but uh, I guess I'll, I'll just I'll cover that at another time. Um, but yeah, no, Penn State, you know, week one, whatnot, like pre whiteout too. Like, I feel like they're going to win that game very comfortably over West Virginia. Um, all right, now let's come back to the state of Texas for a little bit. Um, do you want to jump into Texas State Baylor for a moment? Yeah, I don't have much to say here. I think Baylor is going to win. Pretty handily, G.J. Kenny is first game here at Texas State. Baylor looking for a bounce back. We All I really have to say is that I actually went to Texas State a few weeks ago, and I just decided to try and get in their stadium. And I just walked right through their athletic facility, past their players and coaches, walked on the field. No one said a word to me. I didn't do anything. I just wanted to walk on the field. And I left by five minutes later. But So, yeah, overall great vibes at Texas State. No one got mad at me. No one said a word. So overall, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. So shout out Texas State and the Bobcats. And I hope they win. But yeah, Texas State, great vibes team this year. So I'm going to pick them to pull an upset at, at some point this season just off of that, just for the sole reason. Okay. I totally understand that. However, I, I if their defense against you is, in, is indicative of what we can expect on Saturday, they're in for you know, a world of trouble against Baylor. Um, so, hey, they were saving themselves. Oh, were they? I'm a pretty good player too. I wouldn't. I wouldn't discount <laughs> myself like that. That's a good. That's a good point. I apologize. I don't mean to, you know, make you sound bad like that. That's my fault. Um. Anyways, I don't have much to say about this game at all. You know, I I got Baylor in this game. Um, I agree with you. I think Texas State will be a pretty bit of a fun. They will be a pretty fun team to watch this year. But um, yeah, no, I think I just think Baylor's just going to handle business week one, no question. Oh, quick Texas State note: they were in a QB battle with TJ Finley and Malik Hornsby. Are they the Arkansas transfer? Mm-hmm. That's and crazy. TJ Finley was at Auburn. I actually yeah should know who won that job, but yeah, either way. Texas State can be a fun team. That's crazy. Right. All right. Um, Colton, I'll let you cover the next game, considering that it is your team, your university. So uh, let me know what you got. Yeah, Texas Rice, not too much to say. And I think the world's going to have similar thoughts when we get to AM. Obviously, with having a pretty big week two with Alabama, you just want to take care of business and get all the starters out and hope that everyone 
is healthy and ready to go for Alabama week two. A couple of quick notes here. Rice, basketball star Jackson Peaks. We don't know if he'll be in attendance or not. One of our buddies from middle school. So we'll see who makes it. And he could cause a pretty big crowd, though, with his celebrity status. Also, former Presbyterian and Episcopal legend Arden Napier is also going to be playing for Rice. So that'll be fun to see him play. And, yeah, Texas plays JT Daniels, Rice's quarterback, for the third time at home in DKR for his third different team, So, which is pretty nuts. But good for JT getting himself a good Rice degree. One thing to look out for, obviously, besides just wanting to see players being healthy is if it gets to the type of blowout that I expect, I am curious to see who trots out behind Quinn Ewers in the event of garbage time, whether that be Malik Murphy or Arch Manning, who has had a very good fall camp. So excited to see what happens there. If we get to that point, it could be interesting. But aside from that, just there's not too much to touch on. I expect a pretty big Longhorn victory here. Yeah, I uh, know. I, uh, I agree once more. Um, uh, yeah, there's. I don't think Rice will. I think by the time y'all get to halftime, um, Texas will already be pulling starters. Like it's the start of the third quarter. Um, Hope you're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, yeah, no, it'll be a, it'll be really interesting, at least for me to see. In my opinion, um, just how much Quinn Ewers has developed from last year to where he is now. Because, you know, if you remember last year, you know, when he put it together, obviously in like that Oklahoma win or the first two drives of the Alabama game last year, he looked incredible. And there were also other times where it felt like that dude would make a mistake every time he touched the ball. Um, so, Down. yeah, so uh, at least for the sake of Texas fans, I'm hoping that Quinn Ewers can actually, you know, put it together this year and, you know, ball and have a really good season. But I even then, I don't I don't know just how indicative his play against rice will be to, in determining that in week one um so yeah I, I got i got texas big um no question all right moving on to the last game i'll uh i'll leave this one off since it's, it's my team my school um we got AM taking on new mexico here in kyle field um i'm i'm really well i'm really excited about this game one i'm as i'm i'm sure you're excited about the texas rice game um, anyways, I'm really looking forward to it, but the main thing I'm looking for, obviously, um, Connor Wigman was named the starting quarterback earlier this past week. Um, I feel like I already touched on this in our SEC preview a few episodes ago, but I'm really intrigued to see just exactly what Bobby Petrino can do, um, as our offensive coordinator this season. Um, you know, I checked the line on ESPN two before we hopped on this recording, and I think it said that we like AM is a thirty one and a half point favorite or something like that in that game. And, you know, whether we cover or not, I'm just I'm just excited to see that people think we can put up thirty one points. Um, anyways, um some things I've been reading on Twitter, whatnot, you know, they're talking about how AM's like really changed up their their playbook this year and, you know, have some, they put us in a lot more guys in motion and more jumbo sets on certain plays, et cetera. So I'm really excited to see just the changes from last year to this year. Um, overall though, I don't think it'll be much of a contest. Well, just like the, the Texas and rice game, I think Andam wins this game comfortably. No question. Yeah. I'm with you there as well. I kind of think with both teams, there's some things you want to see offensively, but I doubt either team is going to show much having big of week course. two games upcoming but yeah i'm with you this a and has a lot of talent interested to see how the o-line does kind of how we mentioned in the usc game while they were able to run away from san jose state you didn't love what you saw from the o-line and points of that game and that's obviously a position group that needs to see a lot of improvement for AM to have a big season so while i'm not going to glean too much from week one i imagine AM is going to destroy the lobos i I'm curious to see if they're getting the type of push or honestly, if they weren't getting pushed, that'd be more noticeable kind of how it was for USC. But yeah, I think we're on the same page here. I don't, I think we're both expecting a blowout and just hoping everyone stays healthy and ready to go for week two. For sure. Um, all right, before we move on to uh, our next segment, is there anything that you want to add or any other game you might want to cover before we put this one on the back burner? Yeah, uh, one quick get. Well, Northwestern Rutgers on Sunday. Who cares? But <laughs> Coastal Carolina, UCLA. 
I think that game could have a lot of points. Coastal does not have their head coach, Amy Chadwell, who went to Liberty. UCLA is breaking in a new quarterback, but Coastal still has Grayson McCall, so could expect some points there. So maybe that could be a fun late night Saturday game. For sure. All right. Well, since we have gone through just about the majority of the week one games that we want to talk about now, um, I think it's time for our new segment, Colton. Do you uh, do you want to explain what it is so everyone knows? It's called Fruit. It's, well, It's just called just, Fruit. <laughs> that's just this week's one. Look, we mentioned that we wanted to have some more segments. We love life advice, and a lot of listeners do too. We have some good submissions that we are going to get to next week. What we're going to do is we're going to keep life advice as a staple once a week. We're going to do it. And then the other episode is going to be a draft or a discussion of some kind. So this week figured why not get into a hot button topic that everyone cares about and that's fruit. So we're going to draft our four <laughs> fruits in a snake draft type of thing. And we're going to discuss because I think fruit's pretty awesome, but it's important to know about fruit. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll, and also, by the way, if you guys have any ideas for any sort of drafts or discussions about literally anything, please let us know. We have a lot of fun with this, but yeah, with one, one, the very first pick in the fruit draft, Will, what are you going with? You know, there's, there's so many good players out there on the board right now, um, by the way, real quick, I don't want to cut you off. I want to preface this as we're going with our favorite tasting fruit, not fruit based on versatility. Oh, you just threw me a curveball there. I don't know how to feel about that. Well, because, um, you know, look, there's certain fruits that might not taste the best, but you can use them in a lot of different ways. That is a good point. That is fair. I, I, I like that. Um, I'm not taking it. I'm just asking. Um, are we counting a tomato as a fruit in this draft? I mean, you can. But that's a terrible pick. I'm not. I'm not taking him. That that would be like the Jamarcus Russell first overall pick. I'm not trying to recreate that with a tomato. Um, I was just asking. Just level pick. I was. I was asking just. Um, just for clarification. Um, man, you know, there's so many good players out there on the board. Um, I, there are a lot of different ways I can go. However, I think at the end of the day, this player has impressed has just impressed me the absolute most. Colton, I'm going to take the apple on the first pick. I like it. Apples are a staple. They wouldn't have been my first pick, personally, but I definitely can't. I can't say that that wasn't a great pick there. Thank you. What Thank theory, you. Do you have any rationale, any reasoning behind that? Um, I'm just a really big apple guy. You know, they're... You know, they taste delicious. They're nice and sweet. They're pretty versatile. I know that you said we're not talking about their versatility, but I just have to shout them out. You know, the apple pie, there's nothing more American than that. And at the same time, you know, there they're, they're pictures on the back of almost every smartphone in America, if not around the world, with Apple. Um, yeah, the dude's a big-time player. I, I really like what I saw from him. I like it. For me, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Mango. Mango. Wow. Okay. I think, I think that a good, perfect mango is so refreshing, really juicy. So, and just has such a great flavor. It can be tough sometimes finding the perfect mango, but if you get it, it's it's fantastic. You can also have it in a poke bowl. I know. Once again, we're not saying versatility, but you've got to mention you know all the attributes when it comes to these fruits. So for sure, one with mango. For sure. Okay. Um. You said we're doing this as a snake draft, so do you have you have the uh, next pick, I believe, as well? Yeah, I'm gonna roll with raspberries. Okay. For me, I think raspberries are very consistent. You're probably not ever gonna have a bad raspberry, and just a personal favorite of mine. Great flavor, perfect amount of sweetness, in my opinion. So, gonna roll with the raspberries. I could eat. I could eat a million raspberries. Okay. Um, I like that pick. Both both of those picks are kind of sleepers. I like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick with the more star power guys, the one, that, the ones that are a bit more established in the game. Um, star man, I'm about evaluations, but okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm going to take strawberries in my second pick. Um, you know, obviously they look beautiful. They are so sweet when you have them nice, ripe and juicy. Um, at the end of the day, I, I, I would argue that strawberry could have actually gone with the first overall pick, but I was just feeling apple tonight. Um, yeah, I just, I just love what I've seen for strawberries. I like that. I like it. 
All right. Keeping this train moving, I had the next pick, so let's see. I already got apples. I already got strawberries. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sticking with the red theme there for a moment. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Um, I am going to throw you a curveball, at least in regards to color. I'm going to take the pineapple in my, Ooh, in my nice. third pick. Um, you know, a little bit more tropical, kind of like the mango whatnot. Um, but that dude is so sweet. He, it's just so nice, so refreshing, as you were saying, um, at least with the mango. But that pineapple. A little bit of sour, too, which you got to love. You got to love that. Um, and I don't know if you've been to Hawaii or not. I believe you have. But, um, of course, Hawaii obviously is known for their pineapples. But I got to shout out Maui Gold Pineapples, those specifically. Because, quite honestly, I've never had a better pineapple in my life than those. Um, and it was just a really memorable. Going pizza? It was just that's a really good question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that takes like true offense to this. Um, I'm going to say no, cause I'm just not the biggest fan of it. But if, if someone decides to put pineapple on pizza, it doesn't insult me in any way at all. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't be my first choice for a topping on a pizza, but I'm not going to complain or get mad at someone about it. Okay. All right, Colton, who do you have in your third pick? Yeah, so for my third pick, I'm going to roll with watermelon. And I want that's to touch a, on this that's a, a little good bit. Pick. I think that the idea of watermelon is oftentimes better than watermelon itself. And then what I mean by that is that I think a lot of times you – I just think it, it could be hard to find the perfect watermelon. I think a lot of times the refreshingness of a watermelon in theory sounds better than it actually is. But if you get the perfect watermelon on a hot day, it it is life-changing. So It is. Yes. Gonna roll with the perfect watermelon. And look, this was a different draft. It might not have got picked. Watermelons aren't that versatile, but gotta roll with the watermelon there. All right, Colton, who do you have as your last pick of the draft? This was tough for me. I had two good prospects on the board here, but I'm gonna roll with blueberries. Okay. I think blueberries like raspberries are very consistent. The one thing and the reason I picked raspberries so high was that raspberries are always going to be soft. I don't think that you can really have a bad raspberry. Blueberries, they're too soft. I don't really like them. But overall, blueberries are a staple. You can put them in a lot of things. Just once again, have to mention. They also look really good on top of yogurt. But yeah, blueberry muffins, blueberry scones, a lot to do with them. But yes, we're going off taste. But yeah, blueberries are a staple much like apples, raspberries, all those types of fruit. Okay. I like that pick. Um, as for my last pick in the draft, you know, I've already chosen a couple guys who are really versatile. I really like their game. Um, however, I think that I have a pretty big steal right here in my final slot of the draft, and I'm going to take the banana. Yeah, I knew you were going there. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in banana. Um, you know, one outside from the incredible source of potassium, um, they just taste good. You know, um, they taste pretty good when they're fresh, but Lord knows when they've got just a little, little bit of ripe, like brownness on the outside, when they're a little bit more sweet, there's just nothing better in my opinion, at least. Um, also you got to look at, I know we're not supposed to do it, but I'm going to anyways, you got to look at the versatility. You know, you can have a banana straight up, um, you can have a banana pudding. You can have banana bread. You can have all these different types of things from banana. And also, I want to point out, if it's the favorite of monkeys, it's it's one of my favorites as well. So, Yeah, and I, I feel like most good smoothies have banana as a pretty key part and a pretty key ingredient there. So, yeah, I would definitely was – banana was up there for me. Bananas are very consistent. For sure. I don't know. I just think that it's not going to blow you away, which, which is good. And like we mentioned, some of our picks could be – a bit inconsistent here but yeah that's a great pick i wanted to pick cherries and pears those, those were kind of up there for me okay but i couldn't i don't know i couldn't justify taking it above my other picks i can understand that you know i i do want to point out though with bananas um as you mentioned they are consistent you know they're not gonna you know they're not gonna go crazy all the time but you know as you said they were consistent so you know what you're getting night in and night out with that guy what do you think about dragon fruit so I've never actually had a dragon fruit. Um, the name itself, okay. I feel like the name itself kind of just sells the fruit alone. However, it is a really nice shade of pink, I believe, is the color of yeah, it. Yeah, cool. 
Yeah, they look really cool. Um, I've never had one. I, I wish that I had so I could give you a full honest review of that right now. But um, I mean, they look really cool. They have a badass name. And, and I mean, I, th- I think they're pretty intriguing for our next fruit draft, at least. Also, pomegranate seeds are really good. Okay, that, that is a good point. I, I forgot about that. Right. right, no, me too. They can be hit or miss, though. For sure. You know what we forgot in this draft, too? We forgot about the We forgot about oranges. Oh, I know. I just realized that that was a really big mistake. That, that was a pretty big oversight on on, on both of us. Yeah. yeah, you know how how do we miss yeah. how do we miss orange that going through our notes? Fresh. And you're the orange guy. I was. You, yeah, exactly. You know, just like ten minutes ago, we we uh, talked about like three straight games with a team that wears orange. Like, what what the hell Especially was I doing? Like a game when you're a kid, there's always oranges there, or like orange slices or something. Exactly. Orange slices yeah. and Capri Sun. That's all you needed growing up. So good, yeah. I, wow. We yeah, really that that's a there. big swing and a miss on both of our parts. Yeah, we uh. Yeah, I'm, might need to I'm go back to the drawing board after this one. Yeah, oranges, oranges definitely would have, have gone higher. I'm glad you didn't pick tomato. That would have been a really bad. <laughs> and I like. Tomato. I don't know though. Okay, if we were doing a fruit versatility draft, tomatoes one one, no question. Well, like, do you count avocado? It has a seed. seed. Yeah. um, I'm pretty sure it's a fruit. Like, I'm almost positive it's considered. I think it technically is, but I mean, I would count. I would count tomato much more as a fruit than I probably would avocado. But I mean, if you dropped, if you name dropped avocado in our in our future draft, I probably wouldn't say no. Look, my thing with fruit, or more with tomato and avocado, is you're not going to put it in a fruit salad. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Real quick, what do you think about cantaloupe and honeydew? That's a little bit of a hot button topic as well. That that is. Um, I've always I've always been a pretty big fan of cantaloupe. Actually, um, I've grown up eating it. You know, my dad's my dad really enjoys cantaloupe. Um, and so he he always used to eat it whenever I was a kid, and he used to give me pieces of it. Um, so I've been a fan of him for a long time. As for honeydew, um, yeah, it's okay. Hit or miss, honestly. When I was first when I was first growing up, I didn't touch that thing with the 10 foot pole and then one day at prez in middle school it's like my life just changed and i tried had honeydew for the first time and i just loved it and i couldn't get enough of it and i feel like once i got to high school i overate it and didn't want to touch it the 10 foot pole again um and ever since that day i haven't really reassessed where i am with honeydew at the moment so i'm curious to see if i you know had honeydew tomorrow to see if i'd actually like it again i don't know yeah it probably just depends on how fresh it is also yeah. peaches love really peaches good. love peaches so many good fruits so are yeah, you good ones are you more of are you a bigger fan of you know like fresh peaches like little peach slices or are you a fan of like the um like the dull like little plastic cup peaches with like that sauce and you know you know what i'm saying like the little yeah. like cubes of the peaches yeah no 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 definitely like if you slice it up wow okay i i would actually say i'm more wow. I'm, I'm more of like the cube peaches kind of guy don't get me wrong um sliced peach sliced peaches are dead hey whoa you're the one who talked about capri sun and orange slices <laughs> yeah but i was like whoa <laughs> i don't know man i, I, don't, mean, I just want to i just want to point out in high school i did see a few grown men eating those cups of peaches so i think i can get away with that now in college those grown men were you Shut, shut up, man. <laughs> oh. No, look, I mean, it tastes good, but come on. Dude. You got to buy a peach, you got to slice it up. Dude, don't hate the player, hate the game. You know, that's fair. If you like it, you like it. I'm not going to not gonna make too big of a deal out of it, but I don't know. I think that, I don't know if that's impressing anyone these days. Well, it's damn sure impressing me, Colton. Well, <laughs> All right. Well, I think that will just about do it for this episode of Trouble with the Snap. Um, Colton, do you have any closing comments or remarks you want to say? Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed our fruit draft and our discussion. <laughs> that was actually really fun. that was really fun. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I'm not ashamed to say that I've had the uh, discussion with some of my friends and roommates on multiple occasions. It can get pretty heated, so I can imagine. But yeah, if you guys have any other suggestions for drafts or just funny discussions, funny stories, we would love to hit on those as well. Um, But yeah, I think I have a good story to tell for next episode and we'll also get into back to life advice. But yeah, I'm excited for 
week one and we cannot wait to get back to you guys with some great thoughts and recap from the first full week of college football for sure um all right well that will just about do it for this episode um thank you very much to everyone who has listened um we really appreciate the support and as colton was saying is if you have um any suggestions, any ideas that you want to see us cover on the show, you can reach out to us on Instagram or you can uh, shoot us an email at our email. Um, But other than that, uh, thank you again for listening and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you all.